You know, we've spent the last month dealing with believing lies, believing truth. Has anybody heard anything this past month regarding that? Some people around here are kind of picking on that. And one of the things that I, I think sometimes we get into is the fact that uh, we start to see the lies that we believe. Has anybody begun to see some lies that you've believed about what the enemy's been saying to you? And you begin to see that. And, and right away we think, that's right, I'm going to take hold of truth. And truth is going to set me free. Truth is going to build me up and it's going to set me free. How many know that truth will, will set you free? But here's something that I, I have come to the conclusion of. That truth, and you guys can say, oh yeah, that's right, but I want you to hear me. Truth hurts. Truth is painful. Because what it does is it uncovers. It uncovers that which we have, uh, we have held on to that is absolutely and utterly unscriptural, ungodly. And really ends up exposing the fact that we feel and live the opposite of what we speak. How many so easily have said, yes, I trust the Lord? Come on, let me see some hands. But when pressed into a situation, how many find out just how little we trust the Lord? How many have said, God, I believe you are the supplier of my needs? But when faced with a financial situation that seems unbearable, what happens? We find ourselves trusting in our efforts to try to fix the situation. I want everybody just really quickly with me. We only have a short time today, but I am not cutting out the word today. Matthew 13. Hallelujah. Any hallelujahs in this place today? Amen. Amen. Now, I'm going to read this quick, and I'm just going to touch on this for a moment. Parable of the sower. First, I'm going to read quickly, starting in verse 3. Then he told the man many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. Everybody say the path. Birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places. Everybody say rocky places. And where it did not have much soil, it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. They withered because they had no root. Verse 7. Other seed fell among the thorns. Everybody say among thorns. Which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. Everybody say good soil. Where it produced a crop. 160 or 30 tons what was sown. Whoever has here ears, let him hear. Who has ears in this house today? Let them hear. Now, what we're going to do now is jump to verse 18 of uh, chapter 13. Listen, then, to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. So what does the evil one do? He snatches it away. Verse 20, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. 
But the seed making, uh, falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. What happens to the seed that falls on that path? It, it, it gets there and it's snatched away, correct? A receiver of joy, but it's snatched away. Okay? What about the, the seed that falls into that rocky soil? They, they take hold of that with zeal, but when heavy-duty stuff comes, there's nothing. What about amongst the weeds? When the weeds are there and they begin to choke, there's no fruitfulness. And then, of course, the good soil where there is a harvest. Can I just make a, share an observation that the Lord spoke to me? Nowhere does it say here that they left, they stopped going to church. Nowhere in here does it say they stopped saying Jesus was the way, the truth, the life, and I trust in him. Nowhere in here does it say that they stop saying, oh, I believe he can take care of me. Nowhere does it say that. It just said they just didn't do it. They just did not live it. Now, I'm going to look at every one of you because you all are looking right at me, aren't you? There are more eyes on me than there are on you, so don't be too scared. I make no bones about it. I underwent a... possibly one of the... Uh, I'm just going to keep it 10 seconds. I under, underwent the, one of the most... Horrendous demonic spiritual attacks I've ever experienced in my entire life, ever, this week. And it pressed me. It pressed me to a point that I was questioning everything that I stand up here and preach to you. And I'm going to tell you what, folks. When truth begins to come to light, it hurts. Because there was a lot of hard spaces in my life that were exposed. Where I have not allowed the seed to grow because it was snatched away because I kept it. There was a lot of rocks in this soil that were exposed that I would have loved to say were not there. There was a lot of weeds, a lot of cares in my life that I have made a big to-do about. That I allowed to choke and choke and choke me. And I didn't even realize it. I would love to say here as your pastor that I'm all good soil. I know Pastor Jim could say that. But folks, I'm going to tell you right now. How many have heard me say before, God is not in the business of making people happy. He's in the business of making people holy. He's in the business of turning you into the masterpiece he created you to be in the first place. He's in the business of turning you into the good work and using you for the good works that he prepared for you and for me. Folks, my good work is not to stand up here and preach Sunday after Sunday. My good work is to let him be seen by every person I come in contact with throughout my life. Aaron's good work is to display Jesus to every person he he comes in contact with. I stand here before you a humble man because I'm going to tell you what, who I was two weeks ago in my mind, I'm not right now. In fact, praise the Lord, I can make eye contact right now. I couldn't 30 seconds ago. And I mean that sincerely. When the Lord starts a breaking in you, there's sometimes what do you just feel like? Because you see what you see, what you see, what you see. Who's hearing me? Folks, truth hurts. And yet, how hard do we buck up against the truth? How hard do we buck up against the truth? Because the truth starts to expose Wayne. You know that sin in your life that you don't want anybody else to know? 
And he nods his head, and God simply says, that's why you're not free, you know you want to be. Jessica Meadows, you know that fear that you grab hold of time after time. And you don't want anybody else to know that you're fearful. But that's what's holding you back from being the masterpiece I've called you to be. I've created you to be. Truth hurts. And sometimes we, we, we've talked all month about the fact that, yes, we come against the lies of the enemy. And boy, we better. But don't expect it then to be every time this inflating yes. Because when we declare God's truth, it exposes all the unbelief that we have actually had in us. And I'm going to take a step further. How much we have believed Satan. How much faith we have in our enemy. And I'm going to just ask you directly, and please don't try to be all super spiritual or act like you didn't hear what I said, because I'm talking as clear as I can. How many here, day after day, find themselves having more faith in Satan than you do in your God? And yet, the book of John says, Satan's a liar. He's the father of lies. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. But my God came that I might have what? Life. I have lived on Psalm 34. I have eaten Psalm 34. I have grabbed hold of Psalm 34. You don't have to turn there. I just want to read some of these things to you. I sought the Lord, and He answered me. How many times do we say, God, you're not hearing me? He delivered me from, everybody say, all, all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. He saves them out of their troubles. He delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is for you, not against you. What am I getting at here today? When we begin to dive in and let the truth sink in, life is going to get a little tough because, you know what? It said that, that, that seed that gets dropped in the rocky soil, what happens is it blooms really quick. It, it springs up really quick. But as soon as it hits the rocks, the, shallow is not so, the, the, the soil is not so deep. It's very shallow. It starts to wither away. Why is that? Because the truth says, oh, you've got to repent of this. You've got to repent of this. You're going to have to let this go. I'm going to challenge you guys one more time on, on this question. How many, at, at one point in time in your life, have you said about at least one thing, I can't let that go? And that includes your own children, your own family. I can't let that go. That is a rock in your soil. That is a weed choking the life out of what God wants to do in you. Who hears that right now? He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is not against you. He's for you. Why did he send his only son to die for you? He did not send his son so you can just get by. He didn't send Jesus so I can just get by. Oh, let me tell you, I don't have time to tell you. I just told Nancy Thomas this yesterday. The Lord took, you know, a little cruise control on the old cars, the cruise control wand. Well, the Lord took my cruise control wand this week and snapped it right over his knee. No more cruise control, folks. That is not the life of Christ. 
No more just getting by because, hey, we went to church as a family, and I feel comfortable today. I feel good. Now we're going to go out and we're going to go to our restaurant after. We're going to do Chinese. Oh, I love the pepper chicken. And then we'll go home, and we're going to start cooking up way too much food because the Super Bowl's on tonight. And we're going to get together, and we're going to be together, and oh, thank you, God, life is so good. Now, there's nothing wrong with those moments together as family and moments together like that. But we begin to feast on that and not on Him. We begin to look forward to that and not what He wants to do in us. So we begin to declare truth, and we hit a rock because that rock says, this is going to make you have to change some things. But we don't like that. I want to be comfortable. I want to be comfortable. I don't like it disrupted. But boy, this week, now I understand how those men over in the Middle East, can, those Christians over in the Middle East can sit in those prisons knowing that at any moment they're going to be beheaded. And they can sit there and, and be giving glory to God. Why? Because their cruise control got snapped over the knee of the Lord. And they're done with comfort. Do you know that everything we do to be comfortable is done in fear? And according to the book of James, everything done in, not in faith is sin. You say, you mean watching the Super Bowl tonight is going to be sin? Oh, great, now we're in trouble. No, I was using that as an example, but what I'm saying is this. When our drive is to be in a comfortable situation where nobody gets in our business and we don't get in theirs, we have missed the mark completely. Because do you know what Janie Sinclair's work on earth is? To believe in the one who sent, who was sent to save her and to be used for the benefit of every other person sitting there. Rita Weaver, same thing. Jim Cash, your purpose is for everybody else here. Do you understand that? Have I missed anybody? Truth hurts because what truth does is it digs up the garbage of what's been holding us back, but we've been holding on to as if it's going to do something for us. Let's take a quick poll. Who hates the fact that you're a worry ward, but you would much rather be in worry and fear because you'd hate to be disappointed if what you're fearing would really happen. Raise your hands. You hold on to it. I would rather hold on to this because I'm just, who here holds on to control? Even though you know it's absolutely wrong, you know it's absolutely of the devil to try to control your life and control the lives of those around you, but would rather hold on to that because you feel safer controlling. Who here would rather fix your kids into oblivion rather than leading them in the way they should go out of fear of what might happen to your kids because God really doesn't quite have this. Because he's really not hearing my prayers when I pray over my children because do you see how they act? Do you see how they treat them? There's no way God could really be hearing me right now. There's no way. So God, I'm going to have to take this from you because you don't have a clue what it is to lose a child. Boy, truth hurts, doesn't it? When all that you have lived for looks like it might come to an end, if you are going to fall apart over that, there's some serious issues within. I'm not saying we jump up and down and say, today's my death day, but I also walk in it in confidence. And this is what is being exposed in me. Lord, whoever of you loves life, the word says, and desires to see many good days, 
It says, keep your tongue from evil and stop your stinking lies. Declare truth. God has not forsaken me. God does not have a deaf ear on me. If I don't feel connected to him right now, I'm simply going to trust that he's going to expose if there is anything within me that needs to be made clear that I need to repent of, or I'm just going to keep pressing in and being persistent till I hear from him. Because he says he listens. And either I believe or I don't believe. How many of you here have walked through dire circumstances and dire situations, and yet you yourself are so hung up on the fact that you don't trust the Lord enough to take care of it, you fall apart every time those situations come? We're all in this together, people. Next week, I've decided now I'm just abdicating my position. I'm going to just, we're going to all talk and share preach every week. Mitch Moore, you got it next Sunday, buddy. We are all standing on the level ground at the foot of the cross. Without Jesus, we are done for. His truth exposes the lies we have believed and clung to. So it's not enough to just say, I've been feeling bad, but praise the Lord, he's bringing me out of it. Great. Now let the truth really get in there deep so it can do something. You hear what I'm saying? 2 Timothy says, all scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training for righteousness. So that the man of God may be fully equipped to do what he's called to do. And be what he's been called to be. In fact, if any of us are sitting there going, oh, I'm just the worst Christian ever, get that rock out of your life, please. Anybody sick and tired of being self-centered and all and all, all self-pity all the time? Oh, I'm the worst this, I'm the worst that. As soon as Dave preaches, I feel like crud. I promise you that's not my goal here. And yet, guess what? If I was preaching to myself, because I kind of am... Yes, I walk away feeling like crud sometimes. And I know it's not me because I don't aim for that. That's not my heart. I'm just preaching the word. What ends up happening is I'm so wrapped up in myself. I'm so wrapped up in the lies that when the truth really starts to get in deep there and wanting to do something good, it exposes stuff that we don't want to let go. I was going to show a video today. We just don't have time, and that's okay. We'll show it another time. I'm just going to name a couple things here. And I'm going to challenge you. I'm not going to open the altar up, but what I am going to do is challenge you with a hand raise because I think sometimes we're we're family here. Even if you're visitors here, praise God, you're here today. Um, But we're family here. Do you know what Satan loves to do, by the way? My wife pointed this out to me, and I just want to make sure you understand this. Anybody remember the the demonic man that was, they, they would chain him, and he would break the chains and run off to the tombs? Jesus delivered him beautifully. I love how it says in there, it says that uh, they would chain him. I don't know if it was in his house, in the backyard. I don't know. They would chain him because he'd go into these fits. And he would break the chains, and it said the demons would drive him into isolation. Do you know what the enemy does to us when we start believing lies? Drives us into isolation so we don't have to deal with them. And America is perfect for it. You want to know how? We have privacy issues so now we have laws to keep us bound up in lies can I hear an amen 
We have laws to keep us bound up in lies. Rather than encouraging one another in the truth. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, any one of you, any man in here struggling with pornography, go find another man that you feel led to. Go tell him. I guarantee he's going to look back at you and say, boy, I have to. Any woman in here struggling, struggling with fear and gossip, let the Lord lead you to another lady to share that with. I guarantee you, yeah, I've struggled with that too. Let's pray to God. I'm tired of being driven into isolation. Amen. Oh, come on. I'm tired of being driven into isolation. Isn't it time the church be the church, the family be the family, and start declaring, this is what I need to be in prayer for, and this is what I need you to pray for. When we do times of joys and concerns, you know what? If the Lord lays something on your heart, you need to declare. I have a joy. I used to fear a whole lot more, too, you know, years ago. Now I don't as much. I trust Him more. Or you need to have a joy. I struggled with a particular sin. I'm not going to say what that sin is, but boy, He's bringing me out of it. Praise be to Jesus. So this is how we're going to end it up here before we move into communion. How many here say... I continue to cling to fear, even though I know it's destroying me. Raise your hand. I continue to cling to fear. My dad kept looking at me this week and saying, you're choosing to do this. And I'm like, there's no way. I don't know how I'm choosing to do this. And then I realized, yes, I am choosing to do this. Because I have so convinced myself that God, or convinced myself that God wasn't listening. That God wasn't my protector. See, that's from way deep down when I was a kid, guys. You hearing me? I had so convinced myself of that that the Lord began to pull that up, and I was freaking out. I had nowhere to hold until I made a choice. He is my portion. He is my refuge. He is my rock. He is my redemption. He is my salvation. How many here are holding on to unforgiveness and you say, there's no way I can let go of it? How many here are holding on, to, uh, uh, holding on to bitterness towards a person that hurt you legitimately, and yet they still, maybe even from the grave, are still controlling you? How many here today, by the choices that you made regarding immorality, you say, all oh, day, here we go, don't get going go down these paths, you don't create issues. No, I'm just going to ask, because immorality are still feeling the consequences of that immorality that you lived and believed. Sexual sin, folks, sexual sin. The Lord desires to set us free. And how does he do that? The truth. And the truth of the matter is, when he begins to pour in the truth, we begin to believe it. It's going to dig in deeper and pull junk out of us that we don't want to deal with, but we've got to. And He will bring us through this. Amen? There are broken people here today, sitting here right now, that are rocky soil. You are a shallow believer because you won't allow truth to get deeper. There are those of you who have weeds all in your soil and are continue to be choked by everything else. And there are those of you who, because of unforgiveness or other things, your path, your, your, your soil is just flat out hard. And you've been sitting in here for a long time, and you still can't figure out why there's no fruit in your life. And we begin to declare, Jesus, I've been trying to be the one in control. I've been the one struggling here. 
I've been the one that's, that, 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 that's been walking in fear. I can't change it, but I admit it. I confess it. Now you change it in me. Set me free of this fear. Set me free of this unforgiveness. Set me free of this shame and this guilt. Set me free of bitterness. Set me free of immorality. Set me free of fear. Set me free of these things in Jesus' name. Who can declare that today? Set me free so I will believe your truth. That you have great intentions for us, for he is for us and not against us. Who believes that? Who knows you're fearfully and wonderfully made? Who knows that God has created a masterpiece when he made you? Who knows that today? Come on, don't shake it off. Who knows that today? I am his masterpiece. And I am going to take back what was stolen from me. I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of being shook up. I'm tired of living in a hellhole. When he wants me to be kingdom of God. Mm-mm-mm. Have I preached too long? Are you hearing today? Folks, if I never preach another message to you, it's this. God sent his son that you may believe truth and be set free. And if you choose to do this to truth, you will not be free. That's it. That's it. I just summed up the word of God. Where do you stand? I'm still learning. I told my wife, I said, holy cow, I feel like I just came to know Jesus just yesterday. I'm learning again. I kept, Dad, I got one more question to ask you. Maybe that's Tracy. Tracy, I got one more question to ask you. Because I feel like I'm learning all over again because stuff got dug up out of here that's been down there since I was 12. It gets dug up and dug up, and suddenly I got this new patch that's got to be filled up. And I'm learning. How do I learn to live with this? Holy cow. All right, Lord, I got this. No, I don't. All right, I think I got, no, I don't. I need you again. I'm going to fall back down. In fact, you know what, Lord? This is the best posture I'm going to take for the rest of my life right here. This is it. This is it. That's my posture for the rest of my life. Because, folks, I cannot go on without that anymore. Neither can you. I apologize. Some of you tried to contact me this week. I was in no shape to be contacted. And I want to thank every one of you who've been in prayer for me this week because, praise God, I have needed it. Continue. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. But continue to pray. As fervently as you prayed for me, pray for everyone else around you. Look at the faces around you. There are broken people. There are hurting people. There's all types of soils around here. Don't be ashamed by it. That is the truth. And he came to set you free. Amen? Amen? How did he do it? Ushers, come on forward. We're going to do it this way. Ushers for, for, for communion. Come on up here. How did he do this? Well, he said, I came that you might have life. So what I'm going to do is give you mine that you might have it. I came that you might have life. I came to set you free. There is nothing more true. There is nothing more true than the fact that God gave his only son. I have a word right now for someone named Michael. I don't know who it is. But the Lord wants to reach down and touch you right now and pour all over you. He knows your hurt. He knows your brokenness. He wants to meet you right where, right where, uh, right where you are.
Lord, I thank you, Father, that you broke your body. You chose to have your body broken. Wow, folks, if there was ever a time somebody didn't want to do something with Jesus in that garden, he didn't want to die. He didn't want to go to the cross. Does anybody understand that? He didn't want that. And he would have believed a lie if he would have thought, oh, that's going to be the worst thing ever. If I go to the cross, I'll never make it. I'll never make it. And he said, if there be any way that this cup can be taken from me. But then he stopped. And he knew truth. And he knew that he knew that something glorious was on the other side of this. Amen. And he said, not my will be done, but your will be done. And Jesus went to the cross for every one of us here. You may take him, sir. Our body broken. His body broken for us. His body broken for our broken bodies. By his brokenness and stripes we're healed and set free. This is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. Let it dig up what it needs to dig up. Let it change what it needs to change. Stop walking in the, I'll never do this again or never let that happen again. Stop walking and saying, I can't live without this or live without that. Stop walking in those things. Say, I can't do this, but he can. I must die. He must live. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Let it dig up. Let me talk to those who are just battling unforgiveness here. The Lord wants to reach down right now and touch that spot of unforgiveness. Those who are living with it, and I know there's more of you that raised your hands. I'm not, I'm, 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 I know that. But let the Lord reach down there. And I want you to say, stop saying, I can't forgive them, and start saying, He already has. And be set free from that unforgiveness. I can't forgive that person, but the Lord already has, and He's already forgiven me. And by that same power, I forgive him or her. Mm. This really is very special. Unforgiveness, people, (laughs) those of you with unforgiveness, grab a hold of this right now. The Lord is saying, I'm about to do something crazy here. Come on, step into it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Can everyone say thank you? Let's take a knee. I know the service sometimes gets a little long, but I just, we got to do what we got to do here. This is what the Lord wants to do. Thank you for your blood that was shed that would wash away all my sin. Thank you for exposing that sin for my good, not to condemn me, but that I'd be set free from it. There's some men here today. Men, I want you to hear me right now. All the men in this church, I need you to hear me. There are some men here today that have a belief that God is just trying to condemn them by pointing out their sin. But actually, the Lord wants to expose your sin that you might be set free. Stop believing that lie and believe the truth that God is for you and not against you. The Lord wants to move in you and set you free. Just because something in life goes crazy or acts weird doesn't mean that the Lord is out to get you. Hallelujah. Thank you for your goodness and mercy, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Here we are. 
Let the truth dig in. Let it dig in. Let it dig up all that stuff. Here I am, Lord. It hurts. I don't want to let go of that, but here I am. Dig it up. Dig it up. I was wounded by people, but dig it up. I don't want to let that hurt anymore. I don't want that to control me anymore. I don't want to guard myself from people anymore. I don't want to walk in unforgiveness anymore. Oh, let the Lord dig that up. Tear down your walls. Hallelujah. 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 You guys may come forward. Thank you, Lord. Wow, there we go. I'm on. Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, Father. Continue deliverance in my heart because the Lord's just digging stuff up in me. And I guess my passion today is because of what he's doing in me. It's just bubbling out over. I thank you, Lord, for your bloodshed. I thank you, Lord, for washing me whiter than snow. And I thank you, Lord, that I am set free. And by your stripes, I am healed. To God be the glory. And I praise that, Lord, praise you, Lord, that you're doing the same in every person here today. In Jesus' holy name. Hallelujah. Let's take a drink. Oh, to God be the glory. Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Thank you, ladies. I'm going to ask uh, you two to stay up here. Dwayne, if you want to come on up with your other crew, the rest of the ladies can sit. I'm Ashley and Nick. And then Feline and Carol, come on up here. I'll tell you what, we had a chalk-filled service today, didn't we? just happened that way. When you have a snow day, it, sh- it, make- it moves everything around, doesn't it? Carol and Feline, come on up here. I'm going to just have Dwayne. Dwayne is the spokesperson of this crew over here. And Dwayne, I just want to ask you just to declare what it is that the Lord's done in y'all's life and as you stand here before us. Sure. Thanks, Dave. I really have to give credit, a little bit of credit to Mama Beard, as we call her, Teresa Beard. Good friend of uh, my wife, Robin, and it's a little over a year ago that she invited us to um, White Hill, and I'll be honest, I thought everybody would be wearing black pants and blue shirts, and when it said Church of the Brethren, and I'm very excited that um, this is a very diverse group, and when I first came, we first came and showed up, there's like eight or ten neighbors from Stony Run that here, and Dave Cash, who I have I've worked had the pleasure of knowing for twenty plus years and the first person to shake my hand and the Slacks who I've known for a really long time and you've talked about family and I call it the White Hill Hug. We got the White Hill Hug and we've been getting it every Sunday ever since. And I think Dave and Pastor Jim and Sharon Sharon's family, she's part my mom and part uh, Robin's mom, and I'm not going to tell you what part she is, but she's like mom. So uh, we're excited to be here as a family. Uh, we love White Hill, and we love coming, and um, it's good that you've all embraced us, and every time we shake your hand, I feel the love here at White Hill. So, so glad to have you here. Wonderful. This is, real quick, this is Dwayne, Ashley, Nick, Robin, Kaylee, and, of course, we have Carol. Two representatives at the end there that we already know, Don and Frankie. Folks, do you commit 
that you would live your lives for Jesus as his followers, as his disciples. You commit to that, and you will walk that out. If so, say, I will. You commit to then holding us accountable and being held accountable and supporting the work here and the worship here. Do you you commit to being a part of this ragtag bunch of people? If so, say, I will. Mm -hmm. Could I have you all just stand right where you are? Do you commit to bringing these guys into this fellowship? They've already been, you know what I mean? But do you commit to bring them into this fellowship as members of this body? Supporting them. Supporting them in their their time of need. Receiving support from them. Do you commit to pray for them? Commit to stand by them. Do you welcome them here today? And so say we do. Amen. Well, that was easy. That was easy. Praise the Lord. We welcome you guys today. And we're so glad that you're a part of our family here. Now I'm going to ask you guys to quickly just head out to the fellowship, or not the fellowship, or the uh, um, lobby, Narthex. Just head out there and line up. And I want everybody in this house here today, don't go out the old door. I'm going to put a big old sheet of plywood on that door. Go out the, the, the lobby way. we got some refreshments out there. I want you to greet our, our new family here. And uh, let's just give God one more great hand of praise, for he is good and greatly to be praised. And, uh, Lord, we're just going to say thank you and give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said.